It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everybody. This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name's Daniel. It's your boy, Double H. How for trying to live, trying to exist, trying to stay alive, trying to be through dragons. Carl's writing his book, so mm-hmm. he's not with us today. Do we get uh, a few copy of his book? I don't know. We'll have to ask. If the dude doesn't get a, a free copy, then why is he on this um, panel? We have to get a free copy. <laughs> so come on. Like, that, that's not my debate. I, I wonder if he'll, if he'll let us like proofread it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think proof, no, no, oh, no, like, I yo, like, like, like chapters one through three were really good. Chapter four, I don't know about that. Like you could change it. I, I probably not. He, he probably doesn't trust us that much, but, but yeah. Uh, but anyway, he's not here this week, which I suspect will be a re- recurring theme throughout the summer, but it's all good. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics, Facebook, Talking Tactics 352, sorry. Instagram, Talking Tactics. If you're on Spotify, give us a follow. Why not? If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Now, if leaving reviews is your thing, even if it isn't, you can leave us a five-star review and we will read it on the show. Like John Itor. Itor. He left us a five-star review, so we'll read it here. Um, Intelligent and hilarious. It's so rare to find a podcast about football which involves actually intelligent, in-depth commentary and analysis. The world of football punditry. (laughs) I'm laughing because, like... (laughs) What? I don't know. There's something about, like, reading compliments that makes me uncomfortable. But the world of football punditry... You deserve it. You deserve it, man. We we let's let's not be uncomfortable. We are amazing, and let us bask in our flowers being thrown at us. Yeah, you see, half of has no problem being uh, arrogant. <laughs> oh no, I don't at all because he's Nigerian. The Ooh, world okay. of <laughs> rude. <laughs> you you can't. That's the stereotype <laughs> of your whole country, man. I know, I know, I know. I know, I know. The the world of football punditry is so dominated by dim-witted ex-footballers or bland media types that this podcast is really refreshing. I also love the discussions often diverge into the types of discussions everyone has with their mates, such as who are the top three Premier League midfielders of all time. The wit and humor of the panelists often has me in stitches and has helped me to fall back in love with football. Beats anything produced by Sky or the BBC, hands down. Boom. That's, that's, that's nice really words, John. That's, really that's, a, that's a really nice review, so we really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, five-star reviews, we'll read them on the show. There was a one-star review that I kind of wanted to read, but that would defeat the whole purpose. Yep. Of the- <laughs> or, you know, if, if, if he was clever, put it as five stars, but put the negative review. See? I, I, I do like constructive criticism at the end of the day. Like, if we could get it. How is one star? The only thing you give one star to is the final episode of that trash game of bricks that, that, I, that I watched. That's what you give one star to. So are we going to talk about it for the... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If you're a Patreon backer, if you're a Patreon, um, you'll get your 30 to 40 minutes of us talking about the season or series finale, I suppose, of Game of Thrones. The Dragon Show on HBO Part 2 will be coming to you soon. All right. So what do you want to talk about, man? The There are two big topics. I think it's um, what the hell is a domestic trouble and bail. Perhaps Robin and Ribery. Oh, my Lord in heaven. Oh. As you can see, we are like programming the show 
Live. Because we're real, man. We're real, man. We don't do this for all your pre-production, no, man, because we give it to you real raw. We're going to give yeah, it to right. you from Bolivia. All right. Let's 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 start with the domestic trouble thing. You have problems with this? Can I ask you a question? Let me ask low you a question. Key, low key, low key. It's a domestic quadruple because we will count the charity shield. No, we're not. No, no, shield. no, no, we're not. That's, that's not Mourinho counted it when he held I, his three fingers because up. Because that's so. Mourinho, so, but it's not. No. Um, can I ask you a question? Which okay, two questions. The first question is this: Which do you feel is more valuable, one Champions League or the domestic treble? Someone asked us the question of, with that basically that exact question. Packed Mouse, a Manchester City fan, says, "Domestic treble or the Champions League? Which would you rather your team win?" As a City now, fan, I know what I'm happy with. For Man City, is a bit tricky. I believe that City care more about the Premier League than the Champions League because for City fans, they are basking in their dominance over Man United. And for them, it means more to them that, that they're dominating England and dominating Manchester United than them dominating Europe. Hence why they don't really feel a way when they get taken out of the Champions League. City have not sniffed a semi or a final, but for them, they're like, my gosh, we are dominating over Man United. We're now dominating England. And we've dominated England in a way that has never been done before. This is one over our neighbours, United. So, Does it really mean that much if you're dominating this version of Manchester United? Maybe if, you, if you're a Manchester City fan, then what kind of team Manchester United are doesn't mean as much. Just the fact that they are what they are. Means zilch. Like, like, you have literally for most of these City fans for most of their entire lives... You've had to be the punching bag of your neighbors for long. Like City were like relegated like two or three times. They were like, I think, in Division Two at one point, when back in the day when they were at Main Road. And, you know, so literally, I even remember growing up like, I was like, what's there's a Manchester City way? Who the hell are these guys? Because United were just so much more of a bigger, much more successful team. So these last three years has been just like a godsend for Man City fans. But the reason why, this is so huge for them because City can say we've done something that United never did and we were the first to, to do it. So for City, that whole one-up over our local rivals is much more than being the rulers of Europe. For City fans, but the question is, for you, Daniel, which do you think is more valuable? Forget City, for you, which is more valuable? One Champions League or three trophies to domestic trouble? Champions League. Now, my second question for that is, which is harder to win? Which is harder to win? A Champions League or three trophies? Domestic trouble, which is harder to win? Three trophies. Interesting. For me, Champions League 100%, I would rather win that than three trophies. Harder to win, that's a tough one. I would probably edge it to three trophies because even if the Champions League is elite and the best of the best play there, the very fact that one, nobody has ever done what City have done in England. That's the first thing. Second thing is the amount of games. You can, you can play as many crap teams, medium teams, but just the amount of games you have to play, the amount of coaching you have to do, how deep you have to go into your squad. That for me is just of a high de degree of difficulty than a Champions League. So I think there's more variables against you in three different competitions than there are in one. Mm. But, that, but that one competition, you're playing the best of the best. See, 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 that's why it's 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 difficult because it's like there is a strong argument for both because that's one is like, man, as I said, the variables, a league is very different in difficulty and demand than a cup competition, something else has two legs, the amount of games you have to play. But then at the same time, in the Champions League, you're playing literally the best of the best. City, there is, there is nobody as... If you take Liverpool out of it, there is no team as good as Barcelona or PSG or Bayern in England. If you take Liverpool out of it, you know, so you're playing full on quality, you know. So, but then the arguments I have for the Champions League is okay, Tottenham, for instance, like City would beat Tottenham all day, every day, if they play them in the Premier League or the FA Cup. But there is something about the Champions League that brings, that gives people a different psychology, which is why I say the World Cup is so important. That's the same player, I always use this example of Patrick Omboma, a Cameroonian player. And this guy, club-wise, he was like average, not that great. I think he played for Sunderland. Every time this dude 
turned off for Cameroon. He was always amazing. And the guy was a scourge in Nigeria. Of course, the guy bloody scored the goals that beat us in our bloody home stadium when we hosted the Nations Cup in 2000. So there's the whole thing of like, my gosh, it's a Champions League. I have to try harder. I've got to go further. I've got to go in because this is the big one. And every seat for fans, I think, like, let's say Liverpool fans or City fans, I think for them, the Premier League means a lot more. It means a lot more because of just like, you know, the heritage and the history. But for these foreign, for, but for these guys who are not, who don't really live in England, who are coming out like for a David Silva, for the Ilgai Kunogan, for a Salah, for a Mane, for them, the, the Champions League is your dream. That is the dream cup trophy to win. That's the one that you really want to win. That's what you dream about, you know. So, for this, like one of my first memories, my just my first sporting memories was Ajax winning the Champions League in '95. If you're a prospective player that's going to join Manchester City this summer or Liverpool this summer, what is the selling point? Is the selling point come help us win the Premier League or is it come help us dominate Europe? And I would suspect the case would be the latter. Like, we want you to help us win the Champions League, not to help us win the Premier League. I would assume that's the first one. Like, yeah, you'll win domestic trophies, the FA Cup run, League Cup run, Premier League. But I would suspect Pep or Klopp or those kinds of managers are like, look, we want you to come help us win the Champions League. Thank you. Now, let me respond to that because it's very interesting. Now, you said Pep wants to bring in people because he wants them to help him win the Champions League. I'm watching a press conference. Again, for my day job, I'm an analyst for this TV show. Sorry, for this TV um, channel. So I was looking at this press conference before I had to go go on. And Pep said, um, I love the Champions League. I love the Champions League. But, you know, what we did this season was far more difficult. And I've just been trying to tie in all the threads. I then remember when Pep said that, sorry, this city said they're not ready yet to win the Champions League. They're not experienced enough to win the Champions League. And I don't know what it is, whether it's contradictions, it's mind games, it's setting himself up for failure, it's trying to make sure that he can react if they do fail. Because I think for Pep, he's trying to sell me on a lie. And the lie is, I'd like to win the Champions League, but man, this Premier League thing, it's a lot harder. And I think what we're doing is a lot greater than winning the Champions League. If you're telling me, this city team can't win the Champions League yet, but both teams in the final come from the same country you play in that you've won all four trophies in. Mm. How are how is your team not ready to win the Champions League if you're clearly better than both of those teams in the league? It doesn't make sense. Makes zero sense. You see, it's mine because I look, <laughs> it's mine. I, I knew what Pep was doing when he was doing that because it's a similar thing that Mourinho did with Inter Milan before their second leg against Barcelona 2010. He said, you know what? Whatever happens, it doesn't matter. We've already been amazing. Even if we lose, I am proud of, of, of my boys. It's it's everything. It's mind games. It's mind games because you're taking pressure off the, the team. So for Pep, of course he wants to win the Champions League. Of, of course he knows that they are good enough to win it, but it's taking pressure off the team of like, guys, it's okay, boom. It, it doesn't mean anything. But my issue with that is... um. And again, just people understand this is not me hating Pep. What Pep has done is flipping incredible. It's bloody amazing. It's already one of the best managers of all time. But my issue is you can't be given this amount of money and not giving back a Champions League. It's like a return on my investment. So let's say you're the guy, you're Sheik Mansour, and you've invested this money into thing. And let's just say like Pep was to walk away. So okay, boom, okay, guy. Three years, um, boom. I've given you two Premier Leagues. I've given you a FA Cup and a League Cup. Boom. Would you then say that is a respectable return on, on my in investments? Oh, 100 points one season, 90 points another season, broke um, winning streak records, everything. Would you be happy on your return or investment of how much you've invested in those three years? Two, four, five trophies in three years. Mm. I'd be all right, I think. It it could be better, but I'll take it. You see, in my view, you cannot invest that amount of money and not give me the Champions League. The money is immaterial. To us, the money seems like, oh, they spent $500 million. That means that a Champions League should be coming. If you're them, what is $500 million if you're worth? 100%. Of course, I know that. Look, 
that's like what's like twenty dollars or whatever for these guys. But one hundred for these guys are like my gosh. Are you telling me that these guys, their main aim is not to rule Europe? Is their main aim really to rule England? <laughs> Obviously, England is like a stepping stone. Let's just take care of that first. But our main goal is, man, I want to be like Real Madrid. I want to be like AC Milan. I want to, with, with, my, with my money, however much it is or, or whatever it is, with my money, I want to create a European dynasty to say, yeah, man, we can now be put on the same pedestal as a Real Madrid or an, or an AC Milan. Let us create a European dynasty. 1000% that is the that is the pinnacle of the aim. FA Cup is included, Premier League is included, goals records is included, winning records is included, but the pinnacle is Champions League and we defend it and we defend it and we are a European superpower that is feared by Barcelona, Real Madrid, Juventus and Bayern. It's the same thing that PSG wants. PSG is like, okay, look, let's take care of France and everything. But no, what we really want is that Champions League because it's already... Look, this what they did was they did was amazing. But I've already said this: as long as Pep is with Man City, they will win the league every single season. That's just what's going to happen. He's cracked it. He's got the money. He's got the squad. So they win it every single season. So that's taken care of. But now it's about that Champions League. Same thing for Ju Juventus. But obviously, that's even a much extreme situation there. But for Allegri, yeah, it's cool. Serie A, five in a row. Nah, it's about that flipping um, Champions League, bro. And yeah, we have to even talk about Allegri a bit later on. But yeah, like. I'm not hung up on, oh my gosh, I've spent this amount of money, I need that back. I'm hung up on the psychology of the owners, what they want for this team, why they bought this team in the first place. Are you telling me that they bought this team because they just wanted just to win trophies in England? Maybe you're right, but if I was a betting man, I'd say, nah, I don't think that they bought this team just to be dominant in England. I think they bought this team because they want to be a brand. They want to increase this brand. And the way that you make this brand truly powerful is you're the kings of Europe. Would you rather be king of a country or, or, or king of a continent? <laughs> you know. This is why I think the money argument, like you spend the money to become dominant in Europe, but the money is just a consequence of the intention. So it's almost, that's why I call it immaterial. You're just doing what you have to do to get what you want. So however much you spend, however however little you spend or however much you spend, it doesn't matter because you're doing what you have to do in order to get where you want to go. I feel like I'm talking in circles, but you understand the point. So I feel like when you bring up their intention and their psychology, that's far more important than the amount of money. So when you bring up Pep spent XYZ amount of pounds, I don't think they care about that. I think what they probably care about more is the progression of the team from season to season. And if Pep can spin it, that we've won, we're, we're showing progress in some facet, then maybe he's just, he's being a good lawyer for himself in some way. Like, look, I know we didn't do well in Europe this season, but the team is progressing. It's not as ready as I'd like it to be, even though that's a lie, but that's what he has to say in order to, you know, not trick himself or trick others, but just to spin it. I, I do want to reference quickly that Vincent Company has left. Um, he's mm. gone to be the player manager at Andelect, which I don't think many people saw. But yeah, probably because most probably because most times when this happens, it's always announced before the last game or somewhere late in the season, um, not after the season. So generally speaking. Manchester City fans would have known that company was going to leave before the FA Cup final. And it would have been like, oh, this is Vinny's last game, et cetera, et cetera. And it would have been a story. But the way they did it, nobody knew. And maybe that's how he wanted it, that I don't want to be a distraction or whatever the case may be. But yeah, lifted the FA Cup, his fourth trophy of the season. And then it's announced he's leaving on social media, I think, the next day. And then probably an hour or so later, Andalette comes up with like, yo, your boy's coming back to Belgium. So do you think he's going to end up being a, like a good player manager or just a good manager in general? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say great, but I think he'd be, be pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, like, I mean, watching the um, Man City documentary, because there's a bit where like, you know, um, this was during last season and it's him, his wife and his father-in-law. And the funny thing is that his father-in-law is a Man United supporter. <laughs> so... They were all obviously watching the United game and everything. But I think just like seeing him and just how he, he talks, him, Bernie, and everything, he comes across as obviously a very 
intelligence and the in-tune dude. Like, they're those guys who you just know are going to end up being managers like Bart Simpson, a.k.a. Philip Lamb. You just know that, yeah, he's going to become a manager because they just think and operate in a very different way. You know, not saying football players are, are stupid, but, you know, some are just <laughs> smarter than, than than others. Um, I think he'd be good. You know, I think he, he'd, he'd, he'd be good. Hopefully, he'll be better than Henri. Surprising. Interesting. And also, I mean, that's pretty hard, man, being a player manager. Man. I don't know how guys do it, where you play and you're the manager as well. Did we talk about Watford and how they got blown out? Was it 6-0? It's sacrifice. Yeah, they, they, they got sacrificed. Um, can I just say one thing? One thing. Maybe a couple of things. <laughs> how do you go all the way to an FA Cup final and get and, and get sacrificed? Like, that's, that's, that's stupid. <laughs> that's stupid. How do you how do you lose six zero in a in a in a cup final? That's stupid. Like you have to refund all the fans that made the way of there because that that is stupid. Because this isn't like a David versus Goliath thing. You, you're you're like one of the good teams in the Premier League. So so to lose by six, that nah, that's that's unacceptable. Yeah, no, no, that's just. But look, Sterling, man, wow. I mean, what a flipping season! What an incredible season! Incredible. Like to to get a hat trick. And to end with the hat trick, because the funny thing is, imagine if there was no VAR, so his hat trick would have helped City beat Tottenham. I think City beat Ajax, so Man City could have been in a position where they could have won the quadruple. And imagine Pep's documentary after that. I've destroyed football twice. <laughs> um, okay, so Zidane said if he had four substitutions, he still wouldn't have played Bale. Well, 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 look. I was actually reading. I was actually reading this in the in the paper today. So basically, this is the situation: Real Madrid wants Bale gone, yes. as in people even linked in with. Uh, I think there's this guy linked into the club or something like. Basically, like a spokesperson for the club, who basically in like a paper or magazine that he did, there's a, a picture of Bale on the bench and with the caption that said "Bye." But the situation is this: they want Bale gone. Bale doesn't want to go, and Bale says if. You want to just get rid of me? You're gonna to have to pay me 17 mil every year because I still got three years left on my on my contract. And if you don't want to play me, cool, I'll go play golf. So there are many elements here because it's like, are you about the money or are you about football? If you're about money, hey, you're under contract, boom, and you want to still honor your your your, your contract, you want to get paid, boom, then that's all cool. Because trust me, 70 million, 70 million a year is 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 good. But Bill, I believe you're a bloody technically not amazing, but as far as impact and effectiveness, you are in you can be superbly effective. You can win a game all by yourself out of nothing. Something very few players can do. I can only name on one hand the amount of individual players who can win a game just by themselves out of nothing. If Real Madrid say they don't want you. It is what it is, bro. There are a lot of teams that would greatly be improved by you. And you can be a star in. And for Zidane, look, he's just creating a team in, in his image. And for that team in his image, which is free-flowing, sexy football, pass and touch, good on the ball, you just don't fit in. You know? So it is what it is. So just take it with really, But if you're not saying that, now nah, I want to stay, I want to get my money, I refuse... Blah blah blah. They're gonna to have to sack me, and 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 they're gonna to have to now pay pay me this money if they just terminate my contract, bro. Then okay, so okay, so let so if that's the case, then so you're just gonna rot on the bench and decline and become totally irrelevant. <laughs> Someone asked the question. It says, "Is Gareth Bale washed, or does Zidane have a personal beef with him?" I mean, I don't know Zidane personally, so it's not like we can ask him or anything. But at first, I thought it was seventeen million over three years, and then I realized no. It's 17 million each of the three years. So whatever 17 times three is, I'm not even going to try to do that out loud because it'll just be embarrassing. 50, 51. I think you're right. Three times 20 is 60. So then you take off three each time, which is nine. So that'd be 51 mil. So you're right. Well done. Winston Bogart did this for I don't know how much. Probably not even 5 million. 51 million euros. I'm staying. Put yourself in the position of Gareth Bale. The ability that he has. What you know that he can be. Are you still about the cake? Yes. Let's switch it. Let's put me in the position. <laughs> Did you? We just came up with a number of 51 million. If it was 10 million over three years, okay, okay. 
I will go play football. 51. 51. I'm screaming into the mic now. I'm sorry, guys. 50, 51 million pounds. 51 million euros, sorry. And he's like, I'll go play golf. Like, I don't even know if these quotes are real. They seem like something that would be fake. Like, why would you even say this out loud? However, nah, that's 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 too much money. And there's no way Florentino Perez is going to be like, we're paying this guy 51 million over three years, and he's not going to apply a single bit of pressure on the manager. Like, you sure we can't work this out? You sure you can't give him a few minutes? There's no way you, you're paying of your club's money, half of 100 million. And you're not going to put a little bit of pressure on the manager to be like, look, Zinedine, I know you don't like him, but you can play him a little bit because well, this is this is too much money to waste, Zizou. <laughs> and then and then maybe Zizou comes to his senses and be like, look, Bale, I'm not going to play you 50 games a season, but I can play you 20, and Bale might accept that. That's too much money. Dressing morale. Let's let's take it to a different thing. This whole thing of dressing morale. Okay, then um, you now have a situation where the Dress room and everyone now knows that Zidane doesn't want him in this team, but he's now forced to play him in, in, in this team. So you're creating already a very uneasy atmosphere. For goodness sake, the last game of the season, Zidane didn't even go and greet the fans and so forth. So now the fans are now against Bale. You now you now have people that will be feel a bit uneasy about him because people in the dressing room are now know that the manager doesn't even really like Zidane and he's only playing it because he has to. Dress room morale is vital. It is vital and crucial for the success of any team. So if, for, for a Florentino Perez, you've got to make a tough call because you're like, do you want to be successful? If you want to be so, so, so successful, I need a quality dressing room where everyone is pulling in the right direction and we do not have any kind of negative energy. Having Bill in there and you mal forcing me to play when I when I don't want to play when it's not in my plan, you know, in my plans, it will create a negative energy because you're going to have a dude who is sulking, moping, Blah blah, and and and, the, and more and more articles are coming out in the in the in the newspaper about about this situation and so forth and why and how he's forcing himself to stay. It creates negative energy, and that yes. is the last thing that Real Madrid need coming going into next season after what was a horrendous season this season for them. From Gareth Bale, you have four options. You can either leave it the same. You can buy me out, so maybe I won't take all fifty, but you can release me from my contract. But in order to do that, I need let's say thirty. Let's say 30 million. I'll I'll save you 20, but you're gonna give me 30 straight up, and you can make me a free agent and and be and be rid of me that way. Or you could send me to the reserve so I don't have to be like uh what's it called? A, a, a dressing room distraction. I'll just take my paycheck, I'll train just to keep myself in shape. Basically, you'll pay me what half a million a half a million a week or four hundred thousand a week just to keep in shape. I could do that. Or find a club that is willing to buy me, and if they don't want to pay all of my wage. You guys can supplement them. So let's say I want to go to Manchester United, for instance, or Manchester United is willing to buy me, but they don't want to pay me the whole salary. All right, let's see if you, you guys can broker a deal where you guys can pay 100000 of my salary or 150 or whatever the case may be, and then they can pay the other amount. But if you're Gareth Bale, I either want a lump sum of 35 to 30 million like brown paper bag money <laughs> just to give that to me now and you know let me go or let's find a way to where i can stay and i play a bit or i get all my money either way these are these are the options oh no no wait a minute you're, you're asking me the questions if you were gareth bale have hope what are you doing you're just gonna leave 50 million on the table um no 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 can i answer let me land let me <laughs> let, let me respond, respond, respond. <laughs> If I'm Gareth Bale, I believe. If I'm Gareth Bale, I believe in my abilities. I believe that in a in a team in my team, I can be fully world class. So I'm looking for a compromise. So I'm looking for like you know what, let's pay me some of that cash because of the whole contract thing. I want some 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 of that some of that cash. If you can pay me full fifty, let's try and reach a nice compromise. Maybe like a halfway twenty. Let's not call it a cool twenty twenty five halfway. That is a damn compromise. Half twenty twenty five, but. I ain't sitting on the bench for three years where the only active football I'm, I'm playing is, is, is for Wales. Nah, that can happen. I need to show the world of what I am capable of doing. So what? I won't be able to play Champions League games. I won't be able to play league games. I will, I'll, I'll pretty much be declining while I'm on the bench. No. Hell no. No way. I still feel like I can play. Like, the, any footballer worth their salt, who's of real quality, there is a hunger for you to play. 
there's a hunger for you to, to play. So if you're solely about the money and you're willing just to sit on the bench and rot and only play for Wales, bro, I mean, wow, okay, <laughs> you know. But if it's me and I'm in Bill's body, compromise, man. Life is about is, is life. You don't get everything you want in life. Life is always about a compromise. You have to compromise. You have to ne negotiate. No, football is not that important if we're talking about that much money. Maybe you, you know, maybe how if you had the argument that he's already made how x amount of money. If okay, we're not talking about us. If it's us, hell yeah, I want, I want that feedy mill. <laughs> oh, bro, all that money you've earned from Tottenham, you've been in Real Madrid for what since 2014 or so forth. You're a million, million, million over millionaire. You already have millions, bro. It's cool. You're not you're not us where we're not dealing with scraps where 50 mil will, will change our entire lives. Is 50 mil really gonna change your life, Bill? Really? 50 mil is just more money. It won't change your life. 50 mil will not change your life. It's just more money because you're in that bracket where 50 mil won't change your life. A billion, okay, that's that'll change your life. Six hundred that'll change your life. 50 mil is not gonna change your life, bro. I can accept that. This is what I ask guys on the um on the hangouts. Ribri, I mean, where does your rank amongst wingers of his generation or even go a step further wingers of all time you know gigs figo cristiano garincha where does he rank amongst wingers of all time top 15 you're telling me that ribri is not in at least the top 10 wingers in the history of the game if you just take his 2013 year that is one of the that is arguably one of the best performances of, of a, a winger ever for a season <laughs> gigs never had a season that's good cristiano yes his final season at united yep 100 that's probably the best season for a winger i've ever seen it was um cristiano's last season for thingy did figo ever have a season as good as his that 2013 season for ribri i'm not sure like that was a for a winger as far as creativity assists and so forth that was a ridiculous season that, that ribri had so once that is your peak you've got to be at the very least top 10. All right, I just did some quick googling just to give us like a like a player bank. All right, so mm. I'll, I'll 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 run off some names and you tell me. All right, all right. Garincha. Oh, one of the best dribblers of all time. George Best. Oh my gosh, I'd say you could argue definitely top five dribblers of all time. Basically, very very underrated. Ronaldo, more so the Manchester United version. L more of a weapon like a very effective offensive weapon especially for the Can't final you just give team. the man his credit anyway revelino super skillful gigs oh my gosh i mean consistency man ridiculous consistency ronaldinho is he a winger he's listed here as one you can have an argument whether he's like a uh, I've cam or winger now sorry I, I wouldn't put him in the in group as a winger no I figo oh my god one of my favorite favorite players of all time. Yeah, I mean, one of the best wingers of all time, hundred percent. Robert Perez, eh, pretty good. Even if you look at like the same country, like I wouldn't put Perez over Ripperi. No, no, not even not even for France. Uh, Johan Cruyff, Rev revolutionary. David Beckham, Psst, overrated. <laughs> over Mars. Yeah, yeah, all right. John Barnes. Mmm, very good, very good quality, quality. Ginola. You see, Ginola is that one season he had was bloody amazing. For me, I'd, I'd say slightly underrated. I mean, he was very good, but I can't call him elite. I can't call him elite. He, he, did, he, did, he didn't do it for enough years. Sir Stanley Matthews. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the wizard of dribble. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So we're now going there. So, so that's where we're going. So now, all right. He was born okay. in 1915. How about this? Would you say is is Ribery above Robin? No. And where's Robin? Basically, see, this is why you know how in midfield you have different roles in midfield. You see, hence why I say Ribery is a classic winger. He's a traditional winger. Robin is an inside forward because Robin doesn't know how to cross the ball. He's an he's an inside forward. Ribery is a classic winger. So we have to differentiate between traditional classic wingers and inside forwards. Because you see, Cristiano was a classic winger for United and for Portugal when he was at for United. Then when he then came to Real Madrid, he then became much more of an inside forward. Bill is an inside forward. Like there are very few traditional wingers outside. I see. I'd say Leroy Sané is a traditional winger. 
Douglas Costa is a traditional winger, you know, but there are but there are very, 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 very few traditional wingers, really. You see, Ronaldinho was a wide man. He wasn't a traditional winger, no. <laughs> so, um, but but even though Robin, you know, Robin is Robin is different, bro. Yo, I have a, I have a. Why do people feel the need to like as soon as someone like retires or not retires but like leaves a club or something? Yo, are they top five of all all time? Are they top ten all time? Are they top fifteen all time? Like, where do they rank ever? How how am I supposed to know? It's for debates. Some some debates are stupid. I'm supposed to decide three seconds after he steps off the pitch, or like someone dies and three breaths later, like yo. Were they the greatest of all time? Like, I don't know. Unless it's someone like Ali, then okay, yeah, he was. Like, I don't know. I don't know where he ranks all time. I haven't done this list before. So, who are we talking about? We talking about Robin? No, no, no. Yeah. Well, you said, um, do I put um, Robin ahead of your boy, the Rib? And I say yes. One of the great Robin is one of the greatest divers of all time. I haven't forgotten Mexico in 2014, so I'm sorry. So, um, so you're trying to basically um, throw shade at your, at your boy. That's just one aspect of his game. He's just a really good diver. Cold-blooded executioner in terms of like that left foot. Like, he has a patented move. No, his, his signature goal is, is, an, is an all-timer, man. He's that signature G. So, Robin, people really disrespect that, that dude, man. They, they do. Like, Borgia, you know what's... You know, an argument can be said that he has got a better left foot than Messi. You could try. It won't work, but you could try, I yeah, suppose. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, fair enough. All right. Um, what else about Robin comes to mind? I think what Robin maybe doesn't get enough credit for, how about this? Incredibly injury-prone at times. I remember they used to call him Mr. Glass. Like, he would have a leg injury here, knee injuries, hamstrings, this, that. Always something wrong with him for whatever reason. And then he goes to Bayern and for a few seasons he actually figures things out and I don't think he's hurt for that much of time and kind of overcoming injury and the stereotype or not even the stereotype, but just the stigma of being an injury-prone player and turning in, I think, two or three incredible seasons back to back to back. I don't think he gets enough credit for kind of overcoming that stigma. He was robbed of a a World Cup because of Casillas. He was robbed or he just couldn't finish? Robbed. I like that version, but better. Robbed. <laughs> Yo, could, did, was it this week that Casillas retired because he had the heart attack? Yeah. So I think he's been told that he can't play football anymore. So wasn't it last week or was it this week? It might have been last week, and we just didn't mention it. But, yeah. Um, and it's, it's like I mean, I mean, that's, that, 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 that's a whole bloody this discussion in and of itself. As in, where does Casillas at, at its peak rank? You, you know. see what I mean? You see why your brain just went just to like where does Casillas rank in the all-time goalkeeper ranks? That is, why do our brains go there? It's because it's the logical step. Because once a guy finishes his, his career, then say, like, all right, now where does he? How do we now look back at his career? Because we've now we've now seen the end. It's almost as if once he finished his his a story. Okay, how good was our story? I just finished a film. Okay, how good was our film? You can't say how good was our film when you're. 50 minutes from, from the end. You can say, okay, how good is this book when you've not read the last chapter? You can only really look at s- s- how good someone was when that's it. My career is done. Now, how good was your career? What were your peaks? What were your, your troughs? What were your good ones? What, what were your bad ones? What was your yeah, you, you can do that, but how come it has to be like, the, how, how come a number has to be attached to where like we, we look back at Ribéry's career mm. we look back at Robin's career or just their time at Bayern Munich because I don't think they're retiring, but just they're done there. Casillas is a better example. You look back at Casillas' career. Why do we have to place a number? Or why are people so quick to place? He's the seventh greatest goalkeeper of all time, but maybe sixth or fifth it's if you fun. do X, Y, Z. It's fun. It's fun. Like, that's where you have debates. Yeah, of course it's fun, man. Okay. Because, uh, because okay, he's seven. Okay, no, he's six. He's five. And then he now gives arguments to Walker. Why he's better than Buffon? Why he's better than Khan? I've gotten to a point, like, why do I have to argue to the death over two or three spots in your mind. So if I think he's seventh and you think he's fifth, we're really going to have a 20-minute argument over two spots in your mind or my mind? All the goalkeepers that have ever existed in the history of the universe, we're going to sit here and argue over two spots. Yeah. For 20 minutes. Nah. Like, like, you have your ranking. I have mine. I don't necessarily need to share it. That's that's, 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 I'm getting to a point of that. 
Robin six or seven on any, any list of best inside forwards. He's at least top three, top four. So if someone says, oh, no, he's six. No, screw you. We're going to have, have an argument why he's going to be top, <laughs> top three. <laughs> and, and we're going to have an argument until, be, until we, we sleep. I'm going to have an argument why you're going to be putting me in your top three. <laughs> so that's how it is. Did you know we've been calling Ribery Cassius Clay? What? <laughs> no, we haven't. What? I'm confused. Did you know Ribery isn't like his, his actual name? Oh, 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 why, why, why? oh, yeah, it's, why, it's, it's like a Muslim name or something, or Frank, yeah, uh, Frank Ribery's Muslim, so his Muslim name is Bilal Youssef Muhammad. Ah, so we've but been then... calling him Frank Ribery when his real name is Bilal. But Ribery has, unlike Ali, Ribery on his chest, it says Ribery, so <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. He's probably smart to keep Ribery on the back of the shirt, but. I think it is interesting. I was like, did you did you know his his name's Bilal Youssef Muhammad? But you know what would be interesting is that let's say he says screw that and he just kept that. I think that would have been very interesting. Mm. Specifically in today's world and the whole thing of Islamophobia and everything, if you did have the whole thing of um Ribery um having his real name. And speaking of that, did you see um Pogba at um Mecca? Medina. Oh, it made, yeah, yeah, him and Kotzuma and everything, you know. Uh, but see, that's another different thing because, like, Pogba never really puts out him being Muslim really out there. Like, I just know it's based on, okay, like how he prays before a game and also um, his Instagram post and everything. So, uh, you want to do some questions? Yeah, man, let's write. Did we leave anything out from the beginning? Um, what's it called? I'm also called, um, um, Allegri's gonna um, step down. As the coach manager of Juventus this summer, so you know what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot of Jose Mourinho to Juventus. That's what I. That's that's that was where I was. I was, I was about to go. Uncle you guys me. realize like Juventus fans despise Mourinho. <laughs> they hate. Do you know what he did? What they won this season? Manchester United went to Juventus at the Juventus Stadium. Mm. They beat them. He put his. You know the picture. He put his hand to his yeah, hand. Held up no, three but, fingers because of what he did with Inter. Like Juventus fans hate him. No, no, but 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 did you hear like basically did you see the interview on Bean Sports where he says that like I think he didn't name the player, but everyone assumes that it's 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 Cristiano. That oh like this player said to me that like, oh, come to no come this summer and join us and says that well look, they hate me over there. It says, forget it, if you win and um, three, four, four games, they'll start to to, to love you. And everyone assumed that that could be Cristiano. Um, my thing about this is this is that um, for you, you, it's very simple. You want to win the Champions League. That's that that is your main aim. Because um, I've always said that you can insult, Juve can insult Eastman all they want and everything. Milan can still say we've got seven European cups. You've got three, <laughs> and there's an argument for us being a, a bigger club than him because of seven European cups. Mourinho has won the Champions League twice. Allegri has never won the Champions League before, and experience does count for, for something. And I've always said, give Mourinho the right kind of team, the right players, he can, can deliver, you, deliver you a Champions League. Like, for instance, if Kaka or the, the, or the, or the people, if Real Madrid had won that penalty shootout against Bayern in 2012, I know it was written for Chelsea. Do, do, Chelsea, do Chelsea still beat Real Madrid in that 2012 final? Or was it always destiny? Whoever it was, was it always destiny? Because Bayern were very good and they outplayed Charles in that final. Or was Mourinho it of... doesn't lose finals. There we go. You know what? Okay. I'm sorry, guys. This is going to be a little bit of rehashing, but here we go. Is Iron Robin a pace merchant? Linden Boulevard won. No, he's not. Um, don't be rude. Have some respect. Where's <laughs> uh, another rehash question that I should have asked earlier? Where does company stand among center backs in the Premier League era from Ngozulu? I would say that he's tier two. Like tier one is Rio, Terry, Sol Campbell, maybe Vidic. And I would say that he's probably in the tier two category. Like we can agree on that one. Um, could Juve and Bayern make it 15 in a row? Juve on eight, Bayern on seven. It looks possible from Sam. Yep. Why not? Yeah, why not? Like I want 10 in a row. 10. Um, but. Maybe what you may find is maybe like the year in which you don't win the Syria is probably when they finally win the Champions League. Is Salah on track to become a modern great given his age and goal scoring record from Wavy McGrady? 
No. <laughs> Do you think teams like Watford, Watford, can lay gloves on City and Liverpool through better coaching as opposed to just needing to spend more money? Of course not. Only I better coaching. No, <laughs> they have to, to spend more. If not, they're not they're not sniffing. Um, so yeah, it, it, it has to be. It has to be a combination. Yeah. Um, I know what his answer is going to be. Uh, what's the greatest Tiger Woods like comeback in football from Black Emoji? Ronaldo, two thousand two. No, oh, yeah, easily. Do we do we have another comeback other than Ronaldo? Like Ronaldo's obviously the go-to. But can we think of any other great comeback that has happened in the history of football outside of Ronaldo? I mean, to be honest, as far as great, I mean, the Robin comeback is a damn good comeback. In a, in a different sense, the Santi Cazola comeback, where his leg could have been amputated and everything, and now he's back in the Spain squad. That's a different kind of amazing comeback. But I just think as far as, because he, he said the Tiger Woods, something on the level of Tiger Woods, the only one I think I can think of is Ronaldo. To go from like a career-threatening knee injury, where you he he hardly played for, he didn't even really have a club going into the 2002 World Cup. Nobody thought that he'd ever do anything. To now not only be the top scorer of it, but to score two goals in the final, easily the greatest comeback in, in football of all time. So and in '98 he had the seizure. In '99 he had the thing where his his knee literally exploded. <laughs> it literally exploded. One of the most disgusting injuries. His knee exploded. It just it just ripped apart. So, did you watch any of his major injuries live? I'm not sure whether I. Wait, wait, you mean like for Inter or for or for Brazil? There's ones for Inter. There's ones for Brazil. There's ones for AC Milan. Um, I think, I, think it, he, I think he was pretty good at Real Madrid. I don't think anything major happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, so. Like I, I, I may have. Cause remember, I used to watch Syria every Sunday when I used to come back from church. Back back when I used to go to church. I feel like you would remember, like yo, the time that he tore his patella tendon or whatever. I mean, it was. Like I feel like you, I feel like you remember. So like I, I don't whether I watched the game or not, but I do remember when it happened. And he was like, "Oh my God, this is it! Like, it's it's over for him because it was a big deal. Because obviously, this was a before um, Twitter thing is. So I just because I always used to buy the World Soccer magazine, mm-hmm. and I think that was just that was just the, the biggest story on the news on all the four four two magazine. World Soccer magazine was bam. Actually, I think I remember buying the issue of World Soccer where that was the main story of his, of his knee injury, and everyone said, "Oh my gosh, this is it! Like this this um, phenomenon." Is his career is over? We will never be able to see that explosive force once again, and we we never did, you know. Which is what makes the 2002 comeback so amazing because he wasn't the same player. Like that player before that injury was, in my opinion, the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. So he just wasn't the same, and I think he he pushed his body too too far. So ah, mm. oh, we could get a we could get into a discussion about. Uh... Biological enhancement. Oh lord! Um, Theo Caesar Mosby. Do Aston Villa? Oh no! What? What? You would spend your allowance money or like your commissary money, for lack of a better word, on football magazines instead of like food and stuff. Oh yeah, you know, like yeah, like trust me, like most of any money I had, I I could imagine like like little HH in the in like the boarding room school or like the boarding school, and everybody else has food for snacks. And have folks going around like, can I have a piece? Can I have a piece? Because he spent all his money on like yeah, football magazines and cars or whatnot. Most of my money was basically either football management games or um, football magazines. So, yeah. all right, do Aston Villa go in the Brick Academy if they lose the final playoff spot two years in a row? Oh, they're playing Derby County. Um, nah. Why are Aston Villa such a great team that oh, if they lose in the final twice, they should be nah, just like okay, <laughs> you messed up. Trust me, the Brick Academy is a very special place, man. Okay, so you have to be you have to especially screw up or be a special loser to get in the academy. So after their domestic treble win, would you say City's accomplishments this season outweigh Arsenal's invincibles? Even Sir Alex said it was impossible to do from Mason Boris, who is an Arsenal fan. Um so is going unbeaten in the league more impressive than a treble or Champions League? It's you know what it, they are they are both as good as each other because nobody has achieved those feats. Like you can insult them and say, "Oh look, look at how, how many games they drew, they were drunk and everything." But the fact is, they went through a season and nobody beat them. 
And if you think it's not that great a fit, you do it. Well, no one else has. <laughs> no one else has. So it's still a start. But at the same time, to win all three trof- um, trophies in England, something that nobody else has done, is bloody amazing. You know, because that shows incredible consistency and quality to win all three major trophies in England. And and I believe that. I think if we take everything into account, there's a strong amount to say, you know, City, this is probably the greatest Premier League side of all time. P.S. Did H.H. actually end up getting paid for winning his bet against D.T.? Now, at first, I thought D.T. meant me because I'm narcissistic in that way. But he meant Arsenal D.T., and then he sent me a, a link to a video that, that you did that you, you bet Arsenal fan DT. But mm. I, I, I said, I don't know if he, DT ever responded to Have Hope's video. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, like, no, because basically the, the bet was um, whoever came above, you'd give 50 pounds to charity and a, a charity of our choosing. But um, yeah, he never re- re- responded. So two more left. Why do we have a playoff system to get promoted into the Premier League when three teams automatically get relegated? Shouldn't three teams automatically get promoted? In Germany, they have two bottom teams, and three, and the third from the bottom plays the third from the top in the league below. This might make it fairer. What do you guys think? Which is a really good system, and I think Hamburg, I think two or three years in a row kept on surviving through that system. I think it's actually pretty cool. Um, my thing about it is that, look, I think maybe it's a money thing because the whole Wembley thing and blah, 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 and it's just more fun. Oh, playoff semi-final, playoff final. I think it would actually be a lot cooler having the Bundesliga system than what they, they currently have. Um, please address this madness on the pod as well. So he linked us to a Twitter thread. All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Thread, Terry Henry, the most overrated striker in history. The bottler exposed with only (laughs) facts and no opinions. So this must be written by Have Hope on the the, the LO. Here we go. 2002 group stage, Arsenal versus Juventus. If Arsenal win, they go through. Henry missed a tap-in, a penalty, didn't lay it off in a 3v1. Arsenal go out. Group stage is second year in a row because Henry choked. 2004, Champions League quarterfinal, Chelsea versus Arsenal. Henri failed to score in both legs, and Invincible is knocked out because Henri choked. That one is a bit of a stretch. Uh, 2006, Champions League final, Henri misses two big chances. The most embarrassing when he was 1v1 with Valdez. He choked. Arsenal lost because he missed. I mean, saying your team lost because you missed and not because they were down to 10 men because the goalkeeper was an idiot? Ah! Henri played nine cup finals, scored zero goals. Drogba played 10 cup finals, scored 10 goals. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got me there, Jacques. He knew exactly the player to use. Henri was notoriously terrible in big games, and you can't be great and not be clutch. You can't think of any player in any sport that isn't clutch but is great. <laughs> Audrey only obviously guys this is like super duper propaganda we don't believe any of this not necessarily so we're just reading the argument this person is laying out and then we'll talk about it um and i kind of don't even want to shout out his twitter at because some of this is just nonsense (laughs) Audrey only scored in the champions league semi-final once and never in a final goals in a champions league semi-final or final drug with three in the semis one in a final so four Rooney, three in the semis, one in a final, four. Henri shamelessly joined Barcelona to piggyback off Messi and Eto'o to finally touch a Champions League trophy. His only goal in the 2008-2009 quarterfinal, semifinal, or final was when Barca were up 3-0 versus Bayern in the quarterfinal. This grown man was reduced to leeching off their careers. Can't beat them, join them. Uh, there are more stats here. I don't feel like like this is a really in-depth thread. And he basically, the conclusion is Thierry Henry is basically the Kevin Durant of football. So he went to Barcelona to get the rings that he couldn't win on his own. Also, this is claiming that Giroud is better and Mane <laughs> is better. Oh, no, no. But you know, like, no, look. I mean, even if what he's saying is pretty a bit extreme. Um... <laughs> 
you, no, 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 no. I mean, like you, do you I think we, if we are, we are being honest, and maybe I'm even, I'm even tempted to even post this on Twitter right now. Could you call Henri Clutch as far as a footballer overall? I believe he's the greatest Premier League player. That's that's that's. He was ever the played. scariest player ever. Yeah. In terms of like, it's I w- I remember being like thirteen watching streams of this guy in 2003-2004, waking up mad early, watching these grainy streams from wherever, or Satanta Sports, people would stream it on this like dial-up internet we had, mad choppy. This guy was scary good. Like, every time he got the ball, you were like, okay, this is probably going to end up in a goal or assist. Something bad is going to happen when he touches the ball. If you're an Arsenal fan, you're probably thinking no, something no, great they, is going to happen. They do did ridiculous things, man. Like some it of the stuff in like, Premier League was absolutely completely insane. Completely. It, but insane. if but people use the final argument. If you want to be called elites, you have to be able to show up in his finals. And I felt a way by his performance in that 2006 Champions League final. Forget the fact that you were down to ten men. You had. I remember what? one chance that he had. There was one really amazing chance he had in that. I think it was in in the second half where he completely just scoffed his his shot. There's like a there's like a gif of that miss. I think that you. Yeah, hey, no, no, no. But it's like when you look at that 2006 Champions League final, man. It's like, bro, man. You know, like, like I mean, you flopped in that final. And when you look at the all the different finals, I mean, how many times has he come good in a final? How many times has he scored the winning goal, the key goal in a final? Zero times. I mean, drug but doesn't <laughs> run, bro. The, the, the drug but argument is just like it's it's cruel because drug was just like a different beast in those. No, 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 no. Drug is gonna be one of the most clutch players of all time. Like ten, the most clutch players of all time. He has ten and ten according to this thread. I don't know if it's ten and ten, but it's probably it's ten and ten. Aria is zero and nine. That's not good. Damn. That's that's not good. But Drogba, Drogba, I mean, Drogba has the slap in Moscow that kind of gets under the radar that led to John Terry hitting the post because John Terry should never have been taking a penalty in that situation. It led to, you know, Kalu's penalty was actually pretty good. Uh, who missed? Anelka. Anelka, man. Wait, didn't Cristiano miss in that game as well? He scored in regulation or like in normal time, but yeah. he did miss his penalty. But... Even like the short run up of penalties, it scares me. Even when they showed like it was recently the seventh anniversary of when Chelsea won the Champions League in 2012, they showed the Jogba penalty run up. I was like, yo, that was so stupid. Like his logic was it makes it harder to read. But I'm like, how do you generate enough power that if he guesses right, you still make it? Luckily, you know, Neuer went left. And Drogba kicked it right. I from think the goalkeeper perspective, but. but from penalty, like I've always said, like you know, the best ways to take penalty because I remember this was Brazil Holland ninety eight World Cup semis um, is run up completely straight onto the ball. Then it makes it very difficult. Like a, a keeper can make an intelligent guess if you run via an angle. If you go via an angle, they can make an ed- educated guess. If you run straight on. Then you then you're just playing with probabilities because the the key thing of what you want is you want to um fool the keeper. You want to make because if the keeper goes the wrong way, then you're cool. Like I think that's what people say. Like the best feeling is when you take it and you see the keeper going the wrong way. That's that's like the best feeling. But the worst feeling is when the keeper goes the right way. They're like, oh my god, I put enough power and I've placed it well, so the keeper doesn't save save it. So. Do you know what I watched? I watched the 2008. Champions League final penalty shootout for the first time in like a while recently because I'm doing like we're doing a project so I kind of had to torture myself in that way something interesting that I noticed because you pointed it out with I think you pointed it out with Buffon or maybe it wasn't Buffon but it was somebody in the World Cup and I noticed that Vandersar did the same thing Anelka came up and Vandersar pointed to his left yeah and Anelka saw it. At least I think he did. And Vandersar was like, if I point to the left, he's going to kick it right. Yeah. So Vandersar points left. Anelka has the short run up. Vandersar is like, okay, I think he saw it. So then he dives right. Anelka kicks it right. He saves it. And, you know, they win. So because he played he, he, he played him. And this is my thing. I may not be true, but I think this may be more right than wrong. If you, let's say, you say left... That I think you're gonna put it left. 
by putting my hand left, a player with a strong mind will 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 go left. A player with a weak mind who is nervous will go the opposite way. So if you view, if you're looking at a player's eyes and he looks nervous, he will want more times than not go the opposite way because he won't have the balls to literally go the way that the keeper is saying. He will, he will go the opposite way. But a player who's confident will be like, if you're putting it there, I'm cool because I so believe in my technique. I'm going to put it where I'm going to put it, but you're not going to keep it. That's the beauty of the whole penalty psychology thing, you know. So, mm. so do we think Thierry Henry is an overrated wasteman? <laughs> no. But we have to revisit his performances at finals. That, that, that is something that has to be revisited, though. Yes. That, I think I, it's a fair criticism oh, of, course, of, of, course. of Thierry Henry that he didn't show up in big games or finals, to be more specific. Because he did show up in some big games. It was a league merchant. If 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 you want to be harsh, <laughs> if you want to be harsh, and that's asking me, if you want to be harsh, you can call him a league merchant. I mean, I'm remembering goals he scored for France. Like you know, there was the goal against Brazil that he scored. I mean, obviously you're gonna credit that to Zidane, but did he ever score in a final though? That's the thing. Did he? I'm not sure. In '98, he wouldn't have played. In 2000, I don't think he scored. Oh, no, 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 no. He, no, he never scored in the final. No. 2002, they never made one. 2006, no. 2010, <laughs> 2008, Euro 20, uh, Euro. No, he's never, he's never scored in the final for France. They were in what three? Will yeah, Will Todd has. Zidane, uh, Petit. Yeah. And well. Did he take a penalty in 06? No, no, no. He was, he was, I think he was sobbed off. Oh, man. No, 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 yeah, he was sobbed off. Yeah. I mean, he definitely didn't take a penalty, but I think he was sobbed sobbed off. There's a slight point here. I don't want to accept it it because I know like the fear that I had whenever he got the ball. So I'm I'm never going to accept it. But that one point about the finals and things like that, like, yeah, it's it's a fair point. And also, like, it's not as bad as Kevin Durant. Okay. We can see that today that like Golden State. Are up three 0 against the Trailblazers. No KD. You know they beat Houston in Houston in Game Six with no KD. So it's it's not the same thing. I think Barcelona. I think Barcelona needed Thierry Henry. I don't think the Warriors needed Kevin Durant that badly. Anyway, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. There is one thing, but I don't want to get into it because that'll be a, like a 20 minute discussion about like why would you send your team to America to play a game against anti-Semitism before a European Cup final. And then you mandate to the manager that he has to play members of the first team. And then he ends up playing Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who should be wrapped in bubble wrap from the last game of the season, which he shouldn't even play the night game because it was a pointless match anyway. And then two the Arsenal game in Azerbaijan or wherever they're playing, Baku. Yeah. Why Why would you send your team to Boston? Boston. Like, racist-ass Boston. No offense to anybody who lives in Boston. I'm sure, like, if you listen to our podcast this deep, you're not racist. Actually, how could I know? How could I know? You might be. But still, you know, it is what it is. But Boston. Boston is, like, this is one of the most racially trash places in the, in the United States. Why are you playing the game there? It doesn't make sense. Well, maybe you do it for like, I don't know. Let's be a, a light to these people. Let's be an example. Be what we want to see in the world. And then Ruben Loftus-Cheek tears his Achilles tendon. Stupidity. The day before the England call-up, two weeks before a European Cup final, now he's going to be out six months. He's going to have to recover. They're probably going to buy someone for his position. He was just getting into the first team. Like, he had just made it. Like, people were just starting to understand, like, the player that he could have been. They weren't putting him out on the wing. They There weren't people saying, oh, he should play false nine. He should play a striker. Like, people understood. Ruben Loftus-Cheek is a fantastic number eight. Could be a great number 10, but number 10s, we don't really need them in football anymore, it seems. Just figured it out. Sorry, just figured it out. Same thing that happened with hudson Adoy. And they went to Boston to play on grass laid over artificial turf. For who, for what? Like, I'm sorry. I could go on, but I won't. 
It's idiot. pointless. I mean, what, there's, there's nothing more to be <laughs> Oh man, what? Oh, it, you're better off if you don't support a club. I tell you, you're just you're better off. It's a disease. It's not good. I'd be way happier, much happier person if I'd never supported a football club. <sighs> but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. I think we talked too much about Gareth Bale and money. But no, but but that was a a good talk though. All right, talking tactics podcast. We do this every Tuesday. We thank you guys for listening. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundClouds, all that good stuff. If you're on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on, what's the last one? Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. It's free. And leave us a review or read on the show like we did with uh, with John's review. If you're a patron of us, you'll get your Game of Thrones series end review when you feel like looking it up. Talk and this podcast. Sometimes funny. Sometimes serious. Always football, man. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.